Welcome to Head to Heart Podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Markham. This bi-weekly podcast is designed to be a safe space to admit what we truly believe in our hearts. We all know the difference between just having biblical knowledge floating around in our heads and actually believing that it's true. Until God's truth makes its way into our hearts, nothing changes. We'll be doing a mix of solo episodes and interviews with friends who have experienced the freedom that comes when head knowledge becomes heart knowledge. We'll talk about overcoming lies in our relationships, mental health struggles, and the way we see ourselves. The truth will set you free so that you can walk every day in the freedom God desires for you. It's time to let go of the pressures, insecurities, and burdens. That's not yours to carry. Thanks for joining us. Welcome back to Head to Heart Podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Markham, and I am so excited that you tuned in to this podcast of all podcasts. There are so many options out there, but you chose us, so thank you. I'm here, and I'm very excited to share Bethany and Ken Frary with me, and we're going to be talking about healthy dating and how to date in a pressure-free way. So you just need to buckle up your seatbelts wherever you're listening from. If you're driving, you should already have a seatbelt on. But if you're walking, just get a seatbelt and pull it over you. So Bethany and Ken, would you like to introduce yourselves? Just tell us a little about who you are, what you do, your family. Yeah, so Beth and I have been married now for 10 years, going on 11. And we have three kids, ages 5, 3, and 1. So our household is really, really chaotic. We met in Texas. Uh, where we started uh, dating. We dated for a year, then got engaged uh, engaged for five months, and then married very quickly after that, obviously. And we've been loving life ever since. Uh, dating was, was a beautiful time. Engagement was super hard. Uh, and marriage has been, has been a fun roller coaster. So, yeah. Good, good. I don't have anything to add, except for I love this topic. We love talking to... Young adults that are trying to figure out life, and there's a lot of wise principles in scripture, and so um, looking to those wise principles, but also there's a lot of un- not not spelled out stuff. And so, what are some wisdom or wise things you can go about this? Um, obviously, we'll share different thoughts and perspective, and it is a little hard depending on where you're at. So, hear us that we have certain thoughts on certain areas, but um, would love to always meet with somebody and actually walk through their specific scenario because mm-hmm. um, that could be helpful too. So, yeah. yeah. Okay, and what have you been set free from? Yeah, so some some background. Um, I definitely was part of the purity movement. So we read the Kiss Dating Goodbye. We, wrote, we read the God Writes Your Love Story, Choosing God's Best. We, I've gone to purity movements. You know, I went to an organization where I actually gave up two years that I couldn't date. And so there was a lot of, um, of pressure to, like, hear God's audible voice that this person is the one thing and that he's going to bring it magically to you and that you need to just trust that God is going to do that. And sometimes it could felt at times that if I contributed – or partnered or did anything, then I'm not trusting that God is going to pr- provide that area of the desire I had. And so maybe being set free and w- walking through different relationships, now marriage, now working with young adults for 15 years now that are in those seasons wrestling with that, I've now seen, um, I understand some of the principles of 
making sure that God is involved, making sure that you're having wisdom and accountability, like not rushing into things, not dating to date, like again, having healthy boundaries, all of those things were good. But what I didn't understand as much is that our partnership with God in this area, that it's okay to like ask somebody on a, on a date. It is okay to go on a date and not have this pressure that you have to be get married to them. And so just maybe I'm being set free from just the, um, the pressure that this guy I'm going to meet, I'm going to fall in love magically and it's going to be my husband. And so it is a culture. It is a shock when that's not, doesn't happen to people and they don't know what to do with that. Um, so I don't know. So my perspective has changed. Um, we'll get it into it more but i would say if you have a pen and paper the book i do recommend um is henry cloud's book how to get a date worth keeping i would definitely recommend that for somebody that is really open to dating that this is a good time and season for we work at a university and so i definitely recommend that for graduates who are ready that they're done with college they're trying to figure out life and he does a good henry cloud is a well-known author that does a great job trying to uh, make going on a date and making opposite gender friends um, more of the priority. And in doing that, you learn more about yourself and you learn more about being comfortable in your own skin. We'll get into it more. But anyways, so I yeah. switched my book recommendations from things I've used to like read <laughs> to that one's the one I enjoy right now. Yeah, that's so, so good. And yeah. that's the whole point of this episode is to just take the pressure off because something I keep hearing from women within the church and Christian realm is that there's just pressure to get it right on the first try or else did I fail or did I do something wrong? So I'm just going to have rapid fire questions for you yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah. Okay. First one, how can you tell if you're in a good place to start dating? Oh, that's a fantastic question. Uh, I'll jump into this one. Uh, I think for for both parties, right, whoever it is, I think one of the things that they need to know is if they have a solid foundation in Christ, uh, sp- specifically in their identity in Christ, where they know, like, who are they, that they're not trying to run after a, a relationship to fill a need, because that's what lots of times people end up doing, that they see something that they lack, and so they hope that if they find someone, oh, this person is going to fulfill that. No, no, Christ needs to be the one who ultimately f- fulfills that. And there's beautiful things in a relationship, but I think that's that's one of the major things that you need to, to do. The second one that I would say is that if there's any major past trauma that you have, that you need to have dealt with that accordingly. Now, I'm not saying that you need to be 100% healed from it, like there's never any issues, but that you've actually dealt with it and have healed some from it. Because uh, what I have found, I, I've had some, some traumatic stuff happen to me in my life, that as our marriage has, has grown and as we have kids, some of the traumatic stuff that has happened to me has come back, you know, and, and I've had to relive it. But because I've been healed from a lot of it, I know how to manage it. So I think those two things are really important. One, knowing your identity in Christ and two, just dealing with trauma is a good place to um, to start. Know that you should start. Maybe on a more practical level, too, like it is common to meet somebody in your 20s. And so. I would say even in your young 20s. Not that you can't meet somebody in your late 20s, but it is a common time in life. So some of, I think some of your listeners might be like, well, I don't even know if I'm ready. And they probably are in a good place, but maybe don't, there's a little bit of the, the fear, the like, how do I know? And so to, to those that you're like, okay, I think I'm ready, but I'm, I'm not sure. 
I think that would be great to encourage you to think about like, okay, am I open to even just going on a date? Do I have healthy opposite gender friends? Like those could be good starting points then feeling like I have to go find a husband or a wife right now. Mm -hmm. Um, But it is common. So I do think there is a level of understanding practically that you can wait till your 30s. Your pool is going to be just all totally different. And so I do think your young 20s is ideal because I think that's the ideal place that people are looking. Not that you can't wait till your late 20s or 30s, but it's harder in some some areas. Yeah. So in that place of fear if there was someone who dating just wasn't normalized for them or wasn't modeled well for them how could they start to become more comfortable going on dates and take some steps in that yeah i I think first you have to reframe your thinking right so for those who aren't comfortable you got to ask yourself why are you not comfortable right and part of it is is the pendulum swing that kept happening in, in christianity right where when the purity movement started it was because dating was just kind of like the hookup culture. You're dating to date and there's no future in it and you're sleeping around. And then obviously now that's changed to friends with benefits. So there's all these new language to it. So the purity movement swung in. You're like, no, 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 that's mm-hmm. not what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to fulfill the God, God's commands. And then they put like extra laws of how that should look like. So a lot of people who I, I think sometimes end up falling in this need to recognize like, whoa, hold on. I'm, I'm not trying to date just to date and, or hook up or break God's commandments. And I don't all of a sudden just want to sit back and, and expect that God is going to just miraculously do something. There is a partnership when it comes to the relationship that, that you have to step out and do something about it. Uh, so one of the things that I tell people is like, hey, the, the main pressure that you need to, to take off of you is that you going on a date does not mean you're going to marry this person. Mm-hmm. You're just getting to know them. And maybe you don't call it a date. Like, we're just going to go hang out. I want to get to know you, right? Like, let's go Let's go do that, right? And just that, that pressure of, like, saying, hey, I'm going to, this isn't the end-all, be-all. We're not going to get married, right? But what do you find out by doing that? You find out, oh, they're a great conversationalist, or they're not yeah. a great conversationalist. <laughs> sure. Or, like, oh, I've never thought about having to ask questions. Like, a first date is one thing, but you start going on date two and three, it's like, what do you talk about? And so there is a level of like getting comfortable in your own skin, not finding your identity and worth in there. Um, you know, I'm, I'm definitely working with, with women that are open to this season and it, it is hard to put yourself out there and risk, go on a date and then, okay, that was good. I can learn from that and then do it again. So it is, a, it is hard. So I'm not trying to say like, oh, yeah, it's easy. Just like put yourself out there and go on a few dates. Like it's mentally and emotionally exhausting. Yeah. I even tell them sometimes that like sometimes it can feel like a part time job um, <laughs> because you're like having specifically, I think, with the online dating. And I, at least right now, it seems like that is a way that people are meeting people. It was just different in different generations. So the online community has been a lot more normalized. I think there's a lot of wise principles that you would need to put in place to do that well. But um, it's, I can't, there's at least probably, I know at least four, five marriages of strong Christians that we're actually really close with that met their spouse online. And so, and everybody tells you the great story, right? They tell you their love story that they met online. They tell you the love story that they just magically met at the church. 
What people don't tell you, though, is, like, the, like, breakups before or the hardship that they had this dating thing or this friend here. And so just being careful when you hear people's stories, not to just idolize that that's going to magically happen to you. They need to highlight the, the other things before that. Um, so, I don't know. Yeah. 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 The, the other thing that, that I would say, too, with all that is that when for the people who feel uncomfortable – Part of it is, and, and Beth, you alluded to it, is the rejection issue, right? It's like, I'm, I, I feel like if the first date works out, right? Like, say, Beth, if we went on our first date and you felt like it worked out well, but I thought it didn't work out well, and then I'm like, hey, let's not move forward. There's something in your heart that I think we all have to acknowledge, right? That everyone has this longing to be in a deep, committed relationship. Like, we all do. We, like, we all want that marriage. So, like, when you have even that first date, you have to acknowledge that there is that deep longing and you got to make sure you don't just take that longing and expedite the process mm-hmm. on that first date. And you got to be like, no, no, no. I know I have this longing, but I'm not going to move there. I'm not going to go there. We're just getting to know each other. Um, and, and ultimately, because of rejection, right, what ends up happening is if I, if I say, hey, let's not move forward, you're going to be like, okay, that's cool. That wasn't the person. I get it. Let's, let's go find someone else. You know, like, yeah. let's keep Sometimes going it there. takes time to get it, to it that does place. Take. That, you're, you, that you're comfortable in your own skin. Yeah. Okay, I have another question. I feel like it's also a desire that women be pursued by men. What advice do you have for women? You know, I'm hearing you say, like, okay, if they have to partner, or what does that look like specifically if online is, like, the... Sometimes it seems like the area. Like, what does that look like for a woman as a strong Christian to want to be pursued, to put herself out there. Yeah. Like, is she leading the relationship? Is that wrong for her to do that? No, I don't think it's wrong. I think, I think ultimately the man needs to be the initiator and the pursuer. So you're absolutely right in that. And hopefully I'm doing that for you, babe. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But uh, so I do think that, um, but I do think that there's a time and place where a woman can just be like, hey, what are we doing here? Where are we going, right? Like if you guys were in a friendship scenario, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you start to catch feelings for someone, I think it's totally appropriate for the woman to just be like, hey, is there something here? Should we, should we dialogue about that? You opening up the question does not mean you're initiating the relationship. Uh, if it's an online aspect of it, you're just putting yourself out there. You're not leading you're the relationship. You're making friends. You're making friends. You're like, yeah. okay, let's see if this is a potential. Yeah, let's go out on a date. But if you don't show that you're available, how would anyone know? Like, how would a guy know? Right. Um, so that I think sometimes in our culture, our Christian culture, and what could happen uh, sometimes is that some girls I know just are acting like, nope, I'm never even going to let any guy talk to me whatsoever. So they're very standoffish. And I'm just like, well, you're, you're never going to get a guy that way. Like, mm-hmm. guys read into that and be like, okay, she's not available. She doesn't even want to think about it. Oh, Susie over here? She's friendly, she's fun, and she wants to hang out with me. Yeah, let me go talk to her. Yeah. So that's good. That's good. That makes sense. So as we're talking about wanting to get started dating, a common question that comes up is, well, where can I meet someone? Where can I meet good Christian men? What would you say to that? <laughs> um, I would say for sure, if, if for so most of you listening to this, you're probably in college, right? And if you're in college, uh, college is a good place to start. If you're going to a good godly Christian school or there's good Christian clubs out there, uh, find them there. If not, the local church. Like, you should be going to a really good Bible-believing, Jesus Christ-exalting, saturated church. Like, if you're going to that, men are geared toward, towards those types of churches. So find them there. If your church doesn't have those men, I'm telling you that 
you might not be in the right church, right? <laughs> like, and I'm not saying that that church is bad or wrong, but there are certain types of churches that actually like engage men more, and you will find them there. And the, maybe maybe how they like how they how, do their how they teaching, preach, how and they do they, worship, yeah. right. how they how they do their structures um, is more inviting to men. And I don't think that's actually talked about enough of like the church culture and and what it should be like. I don't think I would have ever thought like, oh, like. Yeah, yeah. Going to different churches and like, oh, this is you know. I always think for myself, what do I want? But you're also like, are you trying to meet guy friends? Yep. Yeah. So, so that'd be the other thing. Church. I think online dating is is, is fine, right? Like, I think there's some parameters that you have to yeah. set in place if you mm-hmm. do online dating, um, just for for safety purposes and also just to know who you're meeting and hanging out with. But yeah, those are the common things. The other ones is just fun meetups of of places of things that you like to do, right? Mm-hmm. So like. Beth, right? And she likes CrossFit. So there might be some people that she might meet at CrossFit. She's not meeting a husband because she has one. Already. <laughs> yeah, uh, but, but what are some like fun mixed gender things? Yeah. So if some women are not necessarily like actively in like sports to me is a practical mixed gender. Yep. Especially if you're in Minnesota for the summer, there's all so much of volleyball leagues to whatever other pickleball that's like a new thing pickleball i don't know pickleball (laughs) it's like really trendy right now so anyways all of these different like there's things that you could do just like to meet up ones and just a quick announcement before we get on with the episode you guys know how we produce an episode every other friday right well if that just isn't enough for you you can become a subscriber now and get a new episode on all of those off weeks too so by subscribing, you'll get a new episode every week, advertisement free, and it'll be a more raw, unedited episode just for you. And that's just $1.99 a month. That's it. So if you're interested, go ahead, pause this episode. We'll wait for you. Tap on the link in the description of the show, and I'll put it in the show notes from this episode too. For someone who is just getting into dating, is it okay to date multiple people at the same time? Ooh, I don't know if Beth and I have ever talked about this before. <laughs> I mean, okay, so I, I think it's prefacing the difference of going on a date compared to like I'm dating, courting, whatever vernacular I'm pursuing you in. So I think the difference is going on a date will probably look a little bit more if you're doing the online and you're doing maybe one-off first dates that's a little different, but I don't necessarily, again, if you're, you have to think about it as I'm making friends. So on Monday, I'm going to go to Minnehaha Falls in Minneapolis with this guy. It's summer, it's beautiful. I'm going to get to know him, you know? And on Wednesday... That guy better be me. I'm, <laughs> I'm going paddleboarding with this other guy, you know, and I'm just friends. And so I think going on dates as friends to get to know each other and see if there's even any kind of interest is totally different than like I'm in a committed relationship and we've verbalized our commitment and so I think that's different so I don't think it's wrong to go on single dates with different people it's just probably cast making sure people have expectations so I would be cautious if you are part of a church young adults group university going after multiple people at the same time even if it is just pursuing friendships you are a guy or a girl and you're going after multiple people in a small context people find out that stuff fast yeah you can just be perceived like oh she just went on five dates with a guy i don't like 
what's going on here? People talk. <laughs> and, and part of it is because everyone has a different perspective of what dating should look like. Mm-hmm. Right? So I think when it comes to this, I, I, and Beth, you, you alluded to this, there is a, a huge difference we, between date, a date and dating. And I think for us, we use the term dating more as like, hey, you, you're a little bit more serious in this relationship. That doesn't mean that you are getting married. That doesn't mean that you're courting. But you're just like, yeah, we're, we're kind of serious. We're going to check to see if this is out. I like you. You like me. Um, let's get together, right? Like, and hang out. So I think that's the concept there that I think is really important for them. If, if all of a sudden they were in a dating relationship and then they start doing that with multiple, I would be like red flag, right? Yeah. Uh, but if you're like, no, I went on two or three dates with someone, sure. And yeah. she's doing that or he's doing that with multiple people. I'm like, I get it. But you have to use wisdom, like Beth said. On a small. On a small. In a small context. In a small context. I think online is different. Yeah, if you're doing it online and you're doing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and you book out your whole day, that's fine. Like, go for it, right? Like, it's like, your, life. It's like your social calendar. Yeah. I actually cha- I, I work with some, yeah, I think they're, they're probably in their, yeah, 20 I would say 22, 23. And one of the challenges I, I had for them this summer was like, okay, it's beautiful Minnesota. I challenge you to go on 10 dates this summer. They're like, what? 10 <laughs> dates? Like, what am I doing? They're like, why not? I was like, you're going to go biking and swimming and doing fun things this summer anyways. So why not just meet friends doing that? And if you click, cool. If you don't, cool you're outside hanging out so i think that intimidated them a little bit but um i think that could be really sweet to have somebody in your back corner and so i think that was one of the things i wrote down for like the whole online is having a support team again it can feel like it's a part-time job meeting people and putting yourself out so having a support team of like encouraging you supporting you making sure you have wise things in place so occasionally, I know you have both heard this from some person at some time in your whole dating marriage lives. Occasionally, we can hear women say out of frustration that there just aren't any good Christian men out there. And I don't know, they're all taken. So why do women say that? And is that true? Or is it even a little piece of it true? Oh, that is a fantastic question. I, I think there there are there's a kernel of truth to that in the sense of... Uh, there are some statistics that depending on the church you go to, right? For example, that it's predominantly 60-40 or 70-30, female to male. So there's not like a lot of guys there, right? Same thing with colleges. Colleges you go to is three to one ratio. And, and not just Christian colleges. That's all across the board. Uh, so I, there is that dilemma. The other dilemma, too, is that for there are some boys out there who are not being men, you know, and that they're not being raised right and they're not growing up in godliness so you have that going against us all that being said i still think that there are a lot of great christian godly men out there and sometimes when women say that there's a couple reasons that i think and i could be wrong but from my experience that could happen number one is just that the the environment that they're in Mm -hmm. right like if they're going to a small church where it's predominantly more female oriented and they've never branched out well of course they're going to say that right because like i said before guys are are, are attracted to different things and they're going to go to a different church a different style of church so you, you probably need to go look at those churches if you want to find those guys uh the second other one besides environment is also they have to acknowledge that there might be some past hurt that they have you know they got hurt by a man and because they got hurt or rejected all of a sudden our natural tendency when we get hurt and rejected is to put up walls and when we put up walls what ends up happening is we think we're protecting ourselves, but we're also in the midst of protecting ourselves, 
hurting potential people to come and pursue you. Mm -hmm. And I think that happens to some girls where they're just like, how come no one wants to pursue me? It's like, well, are, are you allowing us, right? Like, are you giving us any signal to say, yes, I want to be pursued? So I think that, that those two things play a big part of this question of like, where are all the Christian men at? Like, oh no, they're around. You just gotta, you gotta put yourself out there. If you're just chilling at home watching Netflix and like hanging out all the time with your girlfriends, guys aren't, you gotta be around guys. Or if you wait, I think you're like, oh yeah, this isn't the year, this isn't the year. Now I'm 25. Okay, now I'm ready. And it's like, there is a little bit of practicality that it seems that men are interested to get married and that they're going to potentially more likely find someone that they want to pursue in their young 20s. Um, not that, again, you can't be older, but, like, hitting your 30s, like, they're just, there's. I feel like they're just statistically is not going to be as many single men in their 30s yeah. as compared to being more open in your early 20s. It gets harder, um, for sure. And I think culture in general is going and getting married later. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it is common, but I still... I don't know. So I think being open during your early 20s. Let's say you've been really hurt after a breakup or something just didn't work out, hurt in a relationship, and you're starting to heal from that. How do you know when you're ready to start dating again after that? Hmm. Yeah, yeah. And my story is definitely, I, I have had one of those serious, really strong, golly good dating relationships that didn't work out and so I think that was very hard for me I definitely put a lot of my emotions into it and so it was a grieving process because I put so much into it and we were in a serious dating relationship wasn't like a few dates you know and so it I had to go through a whole grief cycle if you ever go through a grief cycle so there is a level of a a breakup being a grief a grief of a loss of a of a really close friend of the future of what that can look like and so um going through that grief cycle and so if you ever have a chance of looking at one of those it can help if you depending on your feelings on where you're at on the cycle processing it having good support system um and then also just giving it some time and then like allowing the lord to heal and, it, and there's nothing that's going to be another layer you know if you ever hear grief is in, in la- onion layers there's layers to it and so a layer is putting yourself out there again and risking again and being vulnerable again. And so you can go as much healing as you want, but part of it is doing it again and and risking again and knowing that God is going to be your comfort and your rock and your foundation and that he is the one that's going to guard and protect your heart and um, love is a level of risk. And so, yes, healing, but also part of the healing is putting yourself out there again. And so, yeah, we probably have to go into specifics with a specific certain person, but like you will like risk again, you will love again, like, um, and you might have some hiccups in there. I think even when Ken and I, cause I had that hurt when we started friending and eventually dating, I was trying to be as vocal as I can with him. Like, okay, I'm, I'm a little insecure in these areas. I, I need you to be more vocal in your affirmation of like desire to pursue me or initiator. I put up a little bit more boundaries in certain areas because I was hurt. So acknowledging some wisdom of boundaries, but also not walking in fear. Yeah. 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 No, it's good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you guys for sharing. Yeah. Yeah. Believe me, I love being organized just as much as the next person, but I have found a pattern in my life when I try to use a basic planner. It goes like this. I'm going strong, writing down what I need to do, until Thanksgiving comes around. And then I forget the planner exists until the new year. 
in January, I'm committed and excited to get organized, but once March hits, I can't even find the thing anymore. Have you ever experienced this? Do you ever feel like you want to get organized but just don't have the time to? Let me tell you about Life in Order. Life in Order is a business that makes 100% customized bullet journals to help set you up to thrive in your goals, business, relationships, and personal growth. My bullet journal has been a game changer for me, and the best part about it was that it was already set up for what I personally needed in my life. Now I can keep track of how much water I drink and how often I'm journaling. I also requested to put a page in there specifically dedicated to honeybees, because who doesn't need more honeybees in their life? You can find Life in Order's products on Etsy.com today to get your own bullet journal set up for your unique lifestyle. You can also use the code JENNY15, that's J-E-N-N-Y-1-5, to get 15% off your personalized journal today. So I highly encourage you, take initiative to order one and your future self will personally come back to you of today and thank you. So now we're going to get into listener questions. So if you are listening and you sent in a question, we're going to answer it. Number one, how do I get over the fear or wariness of dating? All my guards seem to come up when someone shows interest and I push them away. Yeah, I think we answered this already, but the, the main thing is um, learn your identity in Christ. I think that's the number one thing of just like, okay, um, I know who I am. The second thing is uh, knowing that God has a purpose, like that if there's a person out there, it's, it's going to happen. Like you just got to keep putting yourself out, out there. Trust that the Lord is good in, in guiding you throughout the whole throughout all of this and you're not wasting your time sometimes yeah. it feels like i'm just wasting my time going on all of these like one-off dates but you're getting to know yourself you're getting to know other people we always can learn from other friendships even if it was a month situation and that didn't work out trying to see how god is even using that that friendship and i learned something from them so and then a support no matter yeah. what you need a support team friends somebody older that's at least 10 years gap that like can help you give perspective when you need it. Yeah. So to keep encouraging you like, yes, <laughs> yeah. keep going out there, keep doing it, mm -hmm. go for it. Yeah. yeah it's Not good. It's hard. <laughs> How do you involve a community in your relationship in a healthy way? I definitely think you have to invite people in. So this, I feel like dating is very, very, um, people aren't going to come out and be like, oh, so what are your physical boundaries? How are you doing? What are you, yeah. where are your emotional stuff? Like say, that's pretty nosy. Yeah. yeah. And so I think people want people to like be involved and ask, but I would challenge that. I think the dating couple will need to be proactively inviting. And so you need to invite another married couple. Like we actually want you to ask us these questions. We want like to you to meet with you and show you, um, the conversations we're having and our physical boundaries and, Peers, my roommate, what do you expect of them? They're not going to overstep their boundary. They're not going to give their full opinion unless asked. So if you're in a relationship and you're like, want to know other people's feedback because there's a level of wisdom of multitude of counselors, you have to ask them. A, a roommate, your parents, they love you. And so what they're going to say is like, we love you. We support you because we love you. If you really want to know your parents' feedback, unite me like, hey, I know you love and support me. Could you help me think of pros and cons of being in this relationship, where this person's going, their personality? Like asking them specifically their pros and cons, if that's a good resource of like a wise counsel for your parents, um, I think can be really helpful to ask them. I don't know if you, yeah. 
No, yeah, that's good. I, one thing I would say is just, just you know, when you start dating someone seriously, this is the tendency that happens. You get so excited. It's so much fun. It's so, it, like, your heart is ignited. And what ends up happening is you just want to spend all your time with that other individual. That you just subconsciously, you don't notice that you do it, but you start to kind of isolate yourself and start to lose your community, start to lose your friends. And this is where what you were saying, Beth, is you have to be intentional about inviting those people in. And like, okay, we're going to do group hangouts. We're not just going to have every single day to just hang out our, with ourselves. Like, no, no, no. We got to invite people in. So just be aware of that, that that is a natural tendency in a dating relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to group these two questions together. They're pretty similar, yet very broad. So feel free to take this in whatever direction you want. But what are some healthy spiritual boundaries and how do you identify the right one for you? And what are healthy boundaries to set? All right, so let's just start with healthy boundaries in general. There's typically like the physical boundaries, emotional boundaries, and and spiritual boundaries. When you think about each one of those boundaries, you have to ask yourself, how seriously committed are you? Depending on where you are in commitment level, that's the type of boundaries you should be setting. The second thing when it comes to boundaries is you have to understand where is the other person coming from. They might have some weaknesses. They might have some issues that they need to deal with. So, for example, when Beth and I... uh, first started dating, I was sexually active before coming to Christ. So there, there was a lot of baggage that I brought into it where we had stricter physical boundaries because I was personally too weak to actually do any, like to be open. I know some people were uh, more open to physical boundaries. So you have to be mindful of, of those things. Beth was emotionally hurt when, when we were um, in the dating relationship so there were like I remember one of her boundaries was like do not tell me you love me until I see a ring <laughs> like, uh, I want a commitment I, like, she was committed. so like you know eight months in I'm like oh I adore you so much I care about you like there was only so many words that I could like use but I was just like okay she, she, I knew what she was trying to, to do right like in some sense she was trying to guard her heart um, so for, for each one of you I think you need to sit down and really assess number one why are you when it comes to boundaries you you have to assess this as like how much are you going to glorify god in your relationship Mm -hmm. and how would that look like with each one of these boundaries so physical right you got to ask yourself sometimes you might be okay making out but then other times you got to realize that like you making out will bring certain temptations in your heart that you're like hey i have to slow this down and if you're not open enough with the person to say hey we don't have to slow down you probably just need to put a boundary up first and like a pretty strict boundary I encourage most people in the first month or two of dating to have pretty high boundaries in general. So if you're all of a sudden out there in your third date and you guys are start, starting to make out, that's going to lead actually, it's going to be really hard for you to tap the brakes later on because you will feel more seriously committed, but there is no ring and you're going to be pushing boundaries all the time. And it can feel like it's all about that instead of like having more of the relationship and the conversations and like where you guys stand on certain things and future stuff like that. Yeah. So I I think those are just two major principles that you have to think through is just like, is there any hurt or any weaknesses? And then like, what, what are things that are going to be most God glorifying? And doing that in community. I think if you can actually have your physical, like going through it with, I mean, somebody would be bringing it to my office and be like, Hey, this is what we have. What should I be thinking about? Like, it's giving a context. We can dialogue. Because sometimes what you don't think about is just, like, time and place, you know? You're like, oh, yeah, of course. We're not going to do – we're not going to kiss, you know? But, like, then you stay up late, and then it's, like, 2 a.m. in a car, and, like, you're cuddling. You're putting yourself in a bad situation. And so thinking through – 
you know, vacation times, road trips, at people's houses, not in your routines. If you're doing long distance, those things can be hard. Yeah. Long distance visiting each other. Yeah. Or the practical things of like, it's 11 o'clock at night. You guys were hanging out in each other's apartment. Movies. Now, movies. And then you're like cuddling and then you're like, oh, it just leads to stuff. Just you know? just, so just be mindful. Yeah. Of it. yeah. So. Uh, every time I've mentored men like uh, and guys on this they, and they wanted my help in their relationship, I'm like, show me your boundaries. Like, write it down. Let's write it down and I'm going to keep you accountable to these. Like, if that's what you but want from me. But not everybody's going to ask that. And not everyone's going to ask so it. I think, yeah. I think you need to ask for it. I think you need to put it out there and you need to invite people into that. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. That's good. When should you talk about physical and emotional boundaries? I'm going to assume that you guys are not having any physical or, or that you have some pretty high standards and physical boundaries from the get-go, right? Like you're not making out well, on the first Well, you're probably just friends. You're just friends. So you're just friends and you're like, okay, what? Well, you want to go for a walk. You're interested in one another. It's probably more when you're sort of like, hey, I'm actually would yeah. like to take this to the next level. I would like to start dating. You know, that more like defining like I want something more ex- Exclusive. Exclusive. When you guys are more exclusive, I think mm-hmm. that's when you need to start having the conversations of physical and emotional boundaries. Okay, what is this going to look like? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then, then, then keep having the conversation because yes. it'll evolve. It's a continual conversation. It's not Sometimes like a one people and think done. it's a one, yeah, one and done and it's not. Right, mm-hmm. right. Thoughts about dating apps. Are they okay? Yeah, yeah I'm on several right now. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's, it's such a weird, it is a totally different culture. And so. I like you're not trying to be of the world there are people that are strong Christians that are on there so I mean as I still think it's ideal to like have family set you up friends at your local church I just love when people in me like put set me up in a blind date because they know me and they know them I think the da- the downside about the whole online is you don't know somebody that knows their background or see- sees that it, it gives you know, just that it's an unknown factor. So I still think the most ideal is to be in a mixed group friendship at a young adults area, at a university, at a, at a church, mutual friends set you up. You might have to tell people that you're open. I know that might be uncomfortable, but say that you've got anybody married around you. Your IG picture says open to date. <laughs> <laughs> I just think married people just love to get other people married because they love it. And so if you're around Christian people that are married and you tell them, hey, I'm actually like, I'm open to meeting somebody. So if you ever know anybody and somebody tells me that, I'm like, all right, that's great. Okay, sounds good. Now I'm going to keep you in mind. But if you never say anything like that, why would I? It's not as, it can feel awkward and imposing in this culture sometimes to be like, hey, would you go and do this date and this? Which in the past people would be more open to blind dates like that. Anyways, that doesn't, but the online, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I just so we clarify, we don't think that online dating apps are wrong. Right, right. Like, there's an ideal, and then these are, are very useful for some some people. It's just the reality of, like, you're starting from zero with someone. Mm-hmm. So you're getting to know them from zero. So just be mindful of that. It's going to take longer in that relationship, right, rather than in, like, when you guys have mutual friends mm-hmm. or you guys are going to the local church. Invite them into your friend group. Yeah, you're yeah. going to invite them. So it just feels a little bit like, how do we know each other, right? Like, if you think about when you when you make a friend anywhere – 
why does that happen is because you have something in common, right? You're going right. to the same school, you have the same classes, you're doing the same meetups, you're, you you have the same group activity. Ken and I flirted over playing pool together. Yeah, like <laughs> so, like you have all these things that that like intersect when you're just in an online dating app. All you have is your picture and your bio and and mm-hmm. all these different things. So you just have to be more mindful, and you're gonna have to ask a lot of questions. Don't assume anything at that point. But you're starting somewhere. You're starting somewhere. You're starting somewhere. Right. No, it's good. It's good. Is it okay to date someone you don't think you'll marry? What are the pros and cons? I mean, I think we kind of clarified earlier that there's a difference between dating and going on a date. So I think going on a date to get to know other people, to get to know yourself, to get to know what you want in life, to get over the fear of what going on a date, that I can do that and that'd be okay. I think that 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 that. that that takes off the pressure. I wouldn't put that pressure that like, oh, I'm trying to find a spouse, so this is what I'm doing. No, I'm making a friend, and maybe we'll have some fun things to talk about tonight, and it'll be great. Um, and so you have to go about it like that. So in some sense, I wouldn't put the pressure on marrying in that mindset. But um, obviously dating and being in a serious relationship or making it more, I always want to say, inclusive or exclusive. Exclusive, yeah. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't say that you would want to do that if, unless you seriously considered that as marriage potential. Also, but also, doesn't mean you have to absolutely know. I think sometimes even jumping into the commitment, there's a little bit of like, I have to know for sure, or I have to have every deck lined up, or every like list that I'm like, yes, um, I'm confident in this. Um, it's okay to enter a dating relationship. What I know, I like, mm-hmm. I click. Um, these are all going well. There's some things I don't know. And then in this process, we will get to know each other more. Um, yeah. yeah. No, that's good. Mm-hmm. This may just be a yes or no question, but is it okay to date just to gain experience? Yes, if it's gaining experience on dating and not anything else outside of it. <laughs> I just, I'm just Depending on what, what that question, you know, who, who asked it and what it is. Yeah, as long, like, again, what Beth was saying, right? As long as it's like, hey, I'm trying to put myself out there. It's hard. It really is. It's for so both, hard. For both genders, for guys and girls, it's hard for them to just say, hey, I'm going to do this. And you kind of kind of get your, your feet wet a little bit. And it's like, okay, I'm, I'm going to It's hard. It. I feel like it's hard for men. Maybe it's not correct because there's this pressure that men need to pursue. They need to be confident. They need to know exactly. So if they are, they come after and they start pursuing that, they need to be confident of the relationship. They're leading it. They're directing it. And there's a lot of pressure that they have to be confident. Yeah. So when they get a little, like, unknown about that, they, they think there's a wrestle in that. And then women are more like, okay, we want to more, they naturally want to be pursued and want to support and follow. But, yeah, there's just hard, it's hard in different areas. I know women be like, it's easier for men, but it's not. It's just hard and easy in different ways. For sure. Yeah, I mean, imagine if if I tried to pursue you for the first time, but you're super reserved. I'm going to read into that, and I'm like, maybe she doesn't like me. And I'm, you know, you start to doubt your confidence. You're like, oh, maybe she's giving me the cold shoulder. Okay, I'm going to move on, right? Like, So there is this this whole dance that you're doing with it. So, yeah, I think you can do it as long as it's uh, – I'm always saying that with a mindset of, you are trying to honor God. You're trying to glorify God. Mm-hmm. You're not doing anything that's breaking his commandments, right? Uh, right. But you're ultimately just saying, yeah, I'm just trying to get to know people. Right. Awesome. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Head to Heart Podcast. It's a joy to record them and a joy to have you listen. 
If you have any topics in mind you'd like us to cover, go ahead and send us a message on Instagram. The handle is head to heart underscore podcast. Make sure you subscribe as a way of making sure you never miss an episode. And if you would be so kind, go ahead and leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It helps out the show so much when you do. We'll be releasing episodes to you every other Friday. So stay tuned and thanks for joining us. Thank you.